Welcome to the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast series. Thank you so much for taking your time today to be with us and listen to us. You're in a place where we share so much courage and hope and the resources at life-changing services that promote so much healing for many people. Today I'm with a woman I admire and love very much and I've just learned so much from her. She is here to share a little bit about her story, how she found healing resources here at Life Changing Services. And she has been someone who actually has created some really cool things for our company. And we're just so grateful for her. Hello, Kim. This is Kim Davis. Hello, Karen. Thank you so much for inviting me to share my story. Oh, you're so welcome. You have really a cool story. Before we get into life-changing services, I remember years ago when I first met you, I, I came to talk to you about the family manual. You were writing a family manual for Eternal Warriors, and I came into your home, and just stepping into your home, I remember feeling like, this home is a special place. And I said, I'm here to meet with Kim. And nobody knew where you were. It was like a busy house with lots of kids. And then finally someone said, oh, she's downstairs. So I went down the stairs to your basement and we were meeting in your little sitting area, but just to meet some of your children and to watch you be a mother. It was the first time I ever met you. And I remember thinking, this is a special lady. She is really not only very cute, but very powerful and very invested in truth. So tell me a little bit about your family and you and things you love to do before we get into the whole story of how you came to find life-changing services. Wow, Karen, that really means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, a little bit about me. I married my husband kind of on a whim. And, and I mean that, like we were neighbors. We'd known each other for a couple years. We were both home from missions. And I just decided I wanted to get married, and I knew we had the same goals. And we got married four and a half weeks later. And that was kind of crazy. (laughs) And that actually has given the enemy a lot of ammunition over the years. And I really learned a lot from that experience. So that was kind of a tricky way to begin family life together, but that's what we did. And we had, we had kids right away. That was one of our goals that we wanted. And we ended up having two boys and six daughters. And it has just been wonderful. I always wanted a large family. I knew that was part of my mission. And it has, it's been good. Not easy, not smooth, not pretty, not clean, but great. We had a 13-year-old daughter. She has special needs. And that has also been nothing that we planned, just something that happened. And really grateful for Eternal Warriors principles. That has helped us so much, so very much. So I was a stay-at-home mom for 20 years and mostly homeschooled my children. Then my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor and we reversed roles So then he was home, and I worked outside of the home for over two and a half years. And that was a really great experience, too, walking in each other's moccasins. That did a lot for our understanding of each other. And we were super, super happy to be able to put our own shoes on when he went back to work, and I was able to come home. And that's been really good. That's been really good, actually. And again, to be able to use the Eternal Warriors principles in those really hard times in our lives, it was so, so great that we had that understanding. I don't know how things would have ended up, you know, just spiritually, emotionally, it would have been a lot more of a struggle. So when did you notice, I am having a hard time in my life? What did it even look like? Like before I understood Eternal Warriors principles? Yeah. I was a mess. Okay, so... What a hard time looked like in the past would be, I would just go into kind of a depression. And because we married so quickly, I would often just totally blame my husband for everything. Everything that was wrong in my life, every feeling of unloved or unwanted or not enough, that was all his fault. A lot of blame there. So I would just really be disconnected from him. 
disconnected from my children even. And again, like Satan just used that all the time. That was like my weak link. And he would just play on that. So if I was tired, if I was hungry, if I was hormonal, if I was stressed, if there were money issues, you know, whatever issues, that was the first thing Satan brought up was my marriage. And he would just start poking at that. And then that would kind of flow into my mothering. So I would feel frustrated with my children. I would be impatient. I would yell at them. I ate a lot of sugar, like an unbelievable amount of sugar. I would eat a lot of sugar and just be grumpy and at times unpredictable. You know, I would swing from depression and sadness and anger and regret to totally swing to the opposite, to be super happy, super connected, super present, and then just swing back kind of on a dime sometimes. I felt crazy. I don't know from the outside if people saw that, but I felt it on the inside. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. I was going to say when people noticed Kim in public, did they think, oh, she's awesome. She's got it going together. Look at all she has that many children and she and her husband seem so happy. And I mean, what did you look like to your friends, your family? Was that something? Here's how it is in my mind and in my heart. What, did, what was the difference? Yeah, my, I had a couple of really close friends and I was very transparent with them. They totally knew my struggles and they would commiserate with me because I didn't know what else to do. And my family, not so much because I was wise enough to at least know that if I complained to my family about my marriage, they would take my side. And then if things were good, they would still be taking my side and still blaming him, right? That there wasn't going to be that type of forgiveness. But I also knew that my mother-in-law would love my husband no matter what I said. So I have a saint of a mother-in-law and I would complain to her. And she really was a saint. She would just listen and just be like, wow, I understand. I hope you can work things out. <laughs> she was so great. She was so great. So that, that was kind of a struggle. And I think everybody else, even for my children. So, so I thought in my mind that my gift to my children was to stay married and to never complain to them about their father. That as far as they were concerned, their dad was perfect and our marriage was ideal. That was my gift to them. But interestingly, when my son came home from his mission, after he served his mission, and I had changed so much, and our marriage had changed so much, we'd come to a real place of healing through our struggles and through the brain tumor, through uh, eternal warrior's principles, again, absolutely key in all of that. And so my oldest son and I were talking, and I was kind of sharing some things with him of, of our journey, and he was like, Oh, I knew something was off, but I didn't know what it was. He could feel it even as a child. There was some kind of undercurrent. But it was cool that now he was home as an adult. He had had two years away. He came home. He could feel the shift and that he noticed that things were really good now. So that was, that was awesome. That is awesome. Doesn't that feel amazing when you know something I did helped me, but it also affected somebody else so tremendously. Yeah. Kim, you really got involved with life-changing services and their program, Eternal Warriors. And you've mentioned that a couple times, but how did you even hear about Eternal Warriors? So my first exposure with life-changing services was through a couple of friends, Anality Milne and Celestia. And they both taught classes at the time. And they invited me to their classes. I just really didn't understand it. I knew it had something to do with pornography, but that wasn't an issue that I was aware of in our family. So I was kind of aware of it. I actually did take Celestia's class, uh, but it was on the phone. It was a format that was not a good fit for me. So I would either be concentrating and then I'd fall asleep because I ate so much sugar, or I would be busy doing stuff for my family and be kind of distracted and not really getting it. But I got enough to know that it was good. 
and that the principles would be very helpful if I understood them better. So when our oldest was getting ready for his mission, and we were deciding what could we do that would really help him. And I remembered this class and then Anality invited me to take the class as a mentor trainer. And I didn't even know what that meant. So my son and I took the class and they said, welcome to mentor training. And I turned to the person next to me and I said, what does that mean? And I said, that means you're going to be a mentor. And I turned to them again and I said, what does that mean? And so becoming a mentor was almost like really getting my feet wet. Like I had touched the water before, tipped a toe in, but now I was really in. So I learned the principles and they were absolutely critical for my son's mission. He wasn't dealing with pornography issues, but I could see that the principles were applicable across the board. And they, they were, they ended up being, again, just really essential for him working through the stress and anxiety of a mission. And then after I was trained as a mentor or going through training, I was teaching youth classes because at the time, that's what Eternal Warriors was focused on, was teaching youth. And one of my daughters was in the class and she rolled her eyes at me one day and said, Mom, this class is so boring. You have to make it fun. And so because of that, we started coming up with ideas that games and things that would make it more fun to take these abstract ideas and to be able to experience them in a very concrete way. And then one day I was talking to a friend and she's a really great person, good family, husband's a seminary teacher. She was just telling me about life, real life at her house. And it sounded kind of like real life at my house. And I I said to her, hey, I just learned some principles in this class. I've got some lessons. Could I just come and teach your family? And she said, yeah. So I taught her family and she had a house full of little kids. And I returned and reported back to Maurice. Hey, guess what? I'm teaching Eternal Warriors to a family. And he just was like, wow, kids get this? And I said, oh, yeah, kids get this. So that was really exciting to see the changes in their family. And again, at home, I was changing. That was the biggest thing. I was changing. And then the cool thing was my husband would always accompany me when I would go on these in-person classes for teaching families. So he was like my companion. He was my AV guy. He made me look good. And so he was getting the principles. And then we'd talk to and from class and began to really understand and apply the principles in our marriage. And that's where things really started to change. Ah, so good. So I want to clarify, when you became a mentor, it was several years ago, like when mentor training, you could actually become a mentor in Eternal Warriors without taking the class. So your first exposure was, I'm taking the mentor training. Now, if you want to be a mentor for Eternal Warriors, you take the class first, Eternal Warriors class, then you can see if you qualify to become a mentor. But your ability to be creative and to say, hey, Maurice, guess what? I'm teaching some children. Because that's one of the things that I love about you, Kim. When I've seen you teach, I think she has a gift for teaching in a way that holds people's attention. Because you're creative, you're kind of childlike, you're not embarrassed to be childlike, but you're also teaching principles that are true across the board. I know you do some cool things. Like, I know you're a storyteller, right? Aren't you a professional storyteller? Yes, I am a professional storyteller. Not so much right now, though. <laughs> yeah. I've been paid to tell stories. That makes me a professional storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's one of the things I think every mentor in Eternal Warriors is different. That you have a gift for reaching all levels of people and pulling out that hey, if you have a hard time connecting with just principles, connect with ideas, connect with creativity, connect with a connection. And it really has been so fun for me to watch you. The first time I watched you teach was at a homeschool conference. I was there manning a booth and I had to go, but I watched you and thought, I'll just watch this long, then I need to leave. But I was so excited to see how you presented. I couldn't leave. And then when it was over, I thought, I got to see that again right now. And so I called my appointment and said, I'm not going to be there for another hour. 
And so I watched you again, the very next one, because I was like, that is so fun to watch the way you present and taught. Because, you know, I've been teaching Eternal Warriors for several years, but I've never seen someone take it and create something that was the same ideas and the same principles but you added your storytelling and your creativity and your childlike way of presenting these principles that kept people's attention. And you actually were presenting to a group of teenagers when I watched you. Just tell us how, when you and your husband, so your husband would go to people's in-home visit, you people would say, I want to learn that stuff. And you would say, I could come to your house and teach you. And he would come with you and then he would help you look like, you know, here's the slides that I use. Here's the things that I, he did all that in, and then you did all the teaching. So it was like doing kind of a home evening for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, that's a great comparison. So we try to keep it in an hour. Yeah. And then you talk about it together just because that's where I think it's one thing to think, oh, that sounds like a really cool class, but I really want people to hear, because you said one of your biggest battles, the places where the adversary would hit you the hardest was in that dynamic of always telling you lies about your marriage, your husband, and messing with all of that important relationship to take the captains out, you know, like, let's just mess this all up. What did you notice in Eternal Warriors, some of the principles before you started teaching in such a cool way and doing all this stuff, as you and he were communicating, what did you two notice in the principles of Eternal Warriors and start applying the help to marriage? I think the first thing that we noticed was understanding how Satan is really involved and he's trying to be involved in our lives and understanding the satanic spin and the chemical scale, when we started to recognize how we were feeling, then we could identify it as being under attack instead of saying, oh, well, I'm angry and that's just how it is. We started to notice that we were being messed with and being able to identify how we were feeling and understanding our chemistry and the things that felt real really weren't what it was all about. That made the biggest difference. So what you recognized is the way to notice that the adversary was messing with you was by the way you were feeling. Yes. And I had, you know, I had understood how the Holy Ghost feels. I could recognize the Holy Ghost but I had never been taught how to recognize the enemy. And once we started to recognize how his influence felt, then we could start making powerful choices instead of just being tossed around until those feelings passed. Earlier you mentioned, I felt crazy. I can relate to, I felt crazy. That was the most liberating thing to me when I first discovered applying all of these Eternal Warriors principles to myself was, I am not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not this person that shows out like, I'm sane and awesome on the outside, but on the inside, if anybody could really hear my brain, my thoughts, or understand how often I have feelings of judgment or dislike or anger about people I'm supposed to love, they would think I was a crazy lady. Like they would think I was a complete hypocrite or lie because I showed up so nice and so together, but inside I was struggling and battling so much with why can I know so many things about being good and yet be so bad in my mind and in my feelings. I just didn't know it was hard. So when I heard the attacks of the adversary are so personal and they happen to all of us, right? in that space of our heart and our mind. And so you saying you could recognize that's where the adversary was messing with me. Yeah, and what you just said about being liberated, that's exactly how I felt. Because I felt like inside I was a crazy person, just like you. Like I showed up nice, people thought I was nice. I knew so much about being nice and being good, but inside I didn't feel that way. Inside I just felt messy and crazy. 
yeah, so I felt totally liberated, understanding those principles that Maurice explains right off and how the enemy works with us, works. And yeah, personal attacks. Oh, he had me so figured out. So when you're talking to your husband and how that affected your life, of course, instead of just thinking, okay, I'm having these feelings. I'm so used to these feelings. And that means you are making me crazy. And all of this hard stuff in my life is your fault because that's where I've gone for years. What did you recognize right there? Yeah, right there. That was, that was the game changer for me to suddenly see things more clearly and that my husband was not the enemy because I really thought he was. There was so much evidence that he was or that my kids were the enemy and I was just a victim the victim of everybody's stuff. And so it was a huge wake up to go, whoa, they're not the enemy. And so what I'm hearing you say is that, first of all, because you and I had the same liberating experience, we were thinking we were our own worst enemy, but we didn't want anyone to find out that we were that yucky inside. So we knew how to show up like the perfect church lady, the perfect, I'm a nice mom, I'm a nice lady. But it was that I'm my own worst enemy because I know what I'm really like inside my head, inside my heart. And how often I think, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't the life I wanted. Just feeling so discouraged and thinking, I guess this is me not being Christ-like. And it's, I don't know how to fix it. All I know how to do is show up in this way, but I don't know how to fix all that crazy. And then I heard you say that your husband, your children weren't your enemy. So it was like you and your husband recognized, wait a minute, we are supposed to be together fighting an enemy. But instead, he's like pitting us against each other using this space of our feelings and our thoughts and you know causing all this dissonance inside us to see each other as each other's enemy so it was like you two thinking okay now that we can see the enemy we're gonna fight him together that really was a game changer right there that was a game changer for everything for our marriage for my mothering for my personal relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost. I mean, that was the game changer right there. And I, you know, I grew up in a home where we talked about Satan. It wasn't that he was taboo. We didn't have the training. And I think that getting the training is so rare to recognize how he really is showing up because he's so subtle. So a lot of people when they come to participate in our programs they're excited that we talk about book of mormon principles and the war chapters of the book of mormon and those are war chapters where people are battling an enemy but then once they recognize like some of them just love it they're like oh that makes so much sense i'm glad that I'm, somebody is finally talking about the real enemy and who we're battling and other people, because they didn't come maybe from a belief system like you just mentioned, or didn't give the credit or realize how personal the adversary's attacks were upon them. It was like the enemy was going unseen kind of in their life, but when it's highlighted with this eternal warrior stuff, some people kind of struggle with, I don't like all this focus on Satan. Because I've, I've kind of just not thought about that. But now I'm thinking about that a lot. What would you say to people that think that's hard to get used to? And they wonder, can't we just talk about Jesus Christ and not Satan? Okay. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. And as I've, I've really been entrenched in this for six and a half, seven years. And my awareness now is that the prophets actually speak about Satan all the time. But when we don't want to hear it, we don't hear it. It is so important to recognize both. It's so important to recognize both so that you know who the real enemy is and his tactics. In fact, like the prophets have been talking about him for a long time, from the very beginning, actually. And I know President Nelson even recently has talked about 
that the enemy is quadrupling his efforts Mm -hmm. and the war that Satan is raging against us and that Satan is using strategies and we need to use counter strategies. This is a quote from uh, President Henry B. Eyring from April Conference 2017. He says, you will at times have your faith challenged by Satan. It happens to all disciples of Jesus Christ. Your defense against these attacks is to keep the Holy Ghost as your companion. So when we begin to recognize Satan, then we can really connect with God and seek the Spirit. That's, that's the real battle. The real battle is to have the Spirit. When you when you win that battle, you're going to win all the battles. But he's just it's just been very clear. There's just so many quotes by the prophets, and again, I think that as members of the church, sometimes sometimes we think, well, I don't want to talk about Satan because you know I don't want to invite him. But the reality is he's real, and we can't fight an enemy that we don't know is there. The cool thing as I have been on this journey with eternal warriors is the Holy ghost has taught me so many things and reading the war chapters has been super cool to be able to look at, at the symbols, right? That the Lamanites represent the enemy in most of the book of Mormon and to be able to recognize their tactics and to step back and go, wow, that is just a tactic of the enemy of the adversary of Satan. And to be able to see things with different eyes. So it's really cool. It's really cool. Eternal Warriors does talk a lot about recognizing the enemy and fighting the enemy. But that's a very poor way to win a battle if it's all about fighting the enemy. And you have to absolutely be aware of his tactics. You have to know that he's there. Recognize what he's doing. But then, on the other hand... You have to know how to win that battle. And that conquering Satan always happens with Jesus Christ. Always happens with him. But when we just align ourselves with Christ, and that is the absolute most important, but if we don't recognize how we're being messed with, sometimes we get off base just a little bit because we don't recognize. Or we think that it's us. I'm just such a bad person because I have these terrible thoughts. It's just me. I'm just crazy. And we think it's us, but really it's the influence of the enemy, influence of Satan. And when we are being held down by the enemy, when we're a prisoner of war, uh, physically by addiction or emotionally because of these feelings inside that we think we're responsible for, that keeps us in a place of shame and we want to hide. And that keeps us away from connecting with Christ. So to be able to recognize what the enemy is doing so we know how to reach out and to connect. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I do think we should read Clevin God's quote. When you mentioned the prophets are talking about it, I think in this last general conference, and what are we, wait, it was October 2019, in case people are wondering which general conference, Watchful under prayer continually, Elder Bednar's talk about the cheetah and the topis, right? I mean, his uh, talk had so much to say about the adversary and how important it was that we know how to sense that the Holy Ghost will be helpful to us in being able to identify the subtleties of the adversary He also talked about how, just like the cheetahs, Satan will never stop. He's relentless. And he is like a cat of prey. And he's sneaky. And the reason that he does what he does is to keep us from the light of Christ. But Elder Clevengott, he has one that totally highlights why Satan does what he does to good people who are just trying to do their best. And his talk was entitled Approaching the Throne of God with Confidence. And he introduced his, um, this portion of his talk by saying, some of the best people think they're the worst people. 
and he used the example of this incredible sister missionary when he was a mission president who would always say really bad things about herself and he finally asked her why do you do that and she says because if i do it first nobody else can and so then he introduced this topic because he said you know he talked about how amazing she was and no one would ever say anything bad about her but she was obviously hearing so many bad things about herself and so then he highlighted and taught everybody you know what that is don't you he says Whenever the adversary cannot persuade imperfect yet striving saints, such as you, to abandon your belief in a personal and loving God, he employs a vicious campaign to put as much distance as possible between you and God. The adversary knows that faith in Christ, the kind of faith that produces a steady stream of tender mercies and even mighty miracles, goes hand in hand with the personal confidence that you are striving to choose the right. For this reason, he will seek access to your heart to tell you lies, lies that Heavenly Father is disappointed in you, that the atonement is beyond your reach, that there is no point in even trying, that everyone else is better than you, that you are unworthy, and a thousand variations of that same evil theme. And then he says, as long as you allow these voices to chisel away at your soul, you cannot approach the throne of God with confidence. Whatever you do, whatever you pray for, whatever hopes for a miracle you may have, there will always be just enough self-doubt chipping away at your faith. Not only your faith in God, but also your confidence in yourself. Living the gospel in this manner is no fun nor is it very healthy. Above all, it is completely unnecessary. The decision to change is yours and yours alone. The only way, Kim, you and I could make the decision to change was to have more information about who was chiseling away at our soul. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And once we could see that and learn to recognize it, then we could start to really align ourselves with Christ and win that battle. Can you see the torment? The torment of what he's trying to do is put as much distance as possible between you and Christ. And he knows that you're a really good girl and that he can't just sever you from Christ and trying to be good, but he can make you completely miserable in your belief system about your divine identity and whether Christ is available to you and for you and affect all your confidence so that you, the girl who President Nelson says, you can call down the powers of heaven, understand the endowment, understand that you through Christ have access to priesthood power because you're endowed through Christ. We would never know that that was possible if we have no confidence. Yeah, that's, that's so big too, because if Satan can keep us just in a state of uh, lack of faith or hopelessness, no confidence before the Lord, then we won't be able to step in and find out who we really are and what the Lord needs us to do, what he's prepared us to do. Yeah, so how did that confidence... And you and your husband recognizing, now we can see better what we're supposed to do and what we can do for him, both for ourselves first, then each other, and then this amazing bunch of children we have. Like, how did it affect just your life? You mentioned your son coming home and noticing a difference, but how did it change you as a woman that showed up as a wife, a mother? What did it do? One thing that the Holy Ghost taught us in this journey of teaching families, a really important principle that he taught us along the way, we refer to it as smoke and mirrors. And just like a magician is, uses this technique, smoke and mirrors, to make the impossible look possible, the Holy Ghost taught us that Satan is doing the same thing. He is, he's all about 
illusion, he's all about distraction, and he's all about lies. And so the smoke and mirror principle is, is this. Like a magician, they will use smoke. That's the distraction. So they'll use smoke or lights or whatever to keep the audience's attention away from what he's doing in the background. Him, the magician and his helpers then have mirrors and they shift the mirrors to make impossible things seem possible. For example, um, on my other wall here, I have a picture. So if I were holding a mirror right next to me, you wouldn't see me, you would see the picture. And then when I flipped the mirror, then the picture would disappear. And that would look like the picture, like, a, you know, I just made it disappear, which of course is impossible. So Satan does the same sort of thing. He will get us distracted with emotional smoke or something to keep our eyes off of him. And he and his minions are in the background and they're shifting the mirrors. We don't notice them because they're behind the mirrors. So they start shifting the mirrors. So then when we look in the mirror, we don't see Satan there as the enemy. We see, in my case, my husband or my children or time or money or whatever seems to be the enemy at that moment. And then he, then he gets really tricky and he'll shift the mirror and then I'll see myself as the enemy and I'll fight myself. I'll fight my husband. I'll fight my kids. I'll fight myself. All the time, Satan is hiding behind the smoke, hiding behind the mirrors, shifting and distracting. And if we can, if he can get us to fight ourselves or our family, then we don't notice him. And then we are cut off from the Savior because we're too busy engaged in this, this illusion of a battle. Does that make sense? So, for example, my daughter had a messy, messy room for a long time, and I started to see her as the enemy. And then I, she finally brought me all of her clothes. I washed her clothes. I hung them up. I was being a really good mom, right? And I took these clothes on their hanger. They were all dry. And I sent them with another daughter as a courier to deliver them. And all she had to do was put them in the closet. And so I, I went to the room a little while later, and the clothes were not in the closet. They were not on the bed. They were in the middle of the floor on their hangers. And suddenly, again, I saw my, my daughter, who had this messy room. I saw her as the enemy. First, I saw the room. This messy room's the enemy. Then I saw my daughter as the enemy. And then I said something unkind. And then I left the room, and as soon as I walked out, the mirror shifted again, and, and Satan said, look at you, Kim, you're such a loser. Can you believe you were so impatient with your daughter? You love her. Can you believe you said that? And then I saw myself as the enemy. And all this time, he's stirring me up emotionally, stirring me up, feeling upset about the bedroom, feeling upset about the disrespect, and, and all this emotion going on, the emotional smoke. And there's evidence. That's why we believe it, because there's evidence. If there wasn't evidence, we wouldn't believe it. And then shifting the mirrors. So the enemy, air quotes on that, the enemy kept shifting. The bedroom was the enemy. My daughter was the enemy. I was the enemy. And all the time, Satan is standing behind the mirror. Nobody notices him, right? And then our family relationships get damaged and destroyed over what? Over a bunch of smoke, smoke and mirrors. And if Satan can get us to fight each other or fight ourselves and continue to be distracted and stirred up, then we stop fighting the real battle. And the real battle is to have the Holy Ghost. So can I have the Holy Ghost if my daughter's room is messy? Can I feel the Spirit and be in a space of love even though the clean clothes are now in the middle of the floor on their hangers? Right? That's the real battle. Can I see my daughter for who she really is and how I really feel about her even in that situation?
So I refer to that as the real battle. And, and again, the Holy Ghost taught me that principle of smoke and mirrors. So throughout my marriage, Satan's been using, he's been using that tactic of smoke and mirrors for, ah, forever. Getting me stirred up about, about whatever in my life and then shifting the mirror to say, yeah, it's your husband. He's the enemy. Do you see this dirty house? It, your kids, they're the enemy. You should fight them. Do you see your uh, empty wallet, right? You should totally fight money. Money's the enemy. Your husband's the enemy. He doesn't make enough. He's, you know, whatever. It, Satan really doesn't care what you get stirred up about. As long as we get stirred up, then we don't notice him. He can shift the mirrors all he wants. And moreover, we don't connect with the Holy Ghost because we're stirred up. We start seeing other people, other things as the problem. And that, that's one way that we can recognize the smoke and mirrors is by blame. Somebody else is the problem. Or shame, which is I'm the problem. Or criticism complaining, comparing, all of that is just smoke. Or pride, when, when we look in the mirror and we just think it's all about me, baby. It's just smoke and mirrors. So that, learning to understand that principle was huge for us. And now it's been pretty cool because, because we've been understanding these principles and applying them for so long. Um, we're, my husband and I are getting pretty good at this. So we can start to recognize when Satan is messing with us and when we, when we start to see each other as the enemy. And now instead of um, seeing my marriage as the problem, I use my marriage as kind of a barometer. If I start seeing my husband as the enemy, the barometer reads that I am not connected with God. And so I can step back and go, well, I need to spend some more time on my relationship with him. Father and Jesus, and then that clears the smoke. I no longer see my husband as the enemy, and I can see things clearly and really have the spirit. Ah, Kim, that's so valuable. Thank you for describing that. And that's the first time when I saw you present, that's what I heard. I was the first time I'd ever heard smoke and mirrors put on the eternal warrior's principles, and I thought, oh, how perfect is that? That's a great way to describe that space where we are losing control and our values because it all makes sense. It doesn't, it's not real, but it makes so much sense. We're being so distracted and deceived with that smoke and mirrors. So good. And so what have you noticed? Because now you're a trainer you like you actually train the mentors, people who want to be mentors or coaches. You're part of the, you train and work in, at the executive team. You tell us a little bit more about what you do now. Yeah, I love what I do. I love what I do because I've been teaching this for so long and applying the principles for so long that I just get really excited every time I get to share this with anybody. And these principles are powerful enough to overcome really big addictions like pornography, sexual addiction. The, the principles are powerful enough for that, but they are practical enough for just life, which is what I, because I didn't know there were addictions in my family at the time, I just applied them to what I was doing. And so I kind of brought in um, a different perspective into the company right away that way because I could see that this was much bigger than a sexual addiction. And so what I do now is I still teach. I teach individuals. I mentor individuals one-on-one. -on -one. I mentor classes, mostly of adults. Um, but I love that I get to mentor families. And I've been mentoring families for over six years. And that's been really, really cool. Because the family, especially understanding that these principles are so much bigger than just addiction recovery, it's very unifying for the family. It's incredible for the family and to be able to be united. Because Satan, if Satan can keep us divided for whatever reason, if he doesn't really care what divides us, if he can keep us divided, 
then we can't be unified as a family, as a couple, um, or, or even united just in our relationship with God. So it's super rewarding for me to be able to share these principles with families and to little kids. Oh my goodness, to see little kids really grasp these ideas. That's been really exciting. And to see husbands and wives understand each other more deeply because they recognize we're fighting a battle, but it's not with each other. And they start fighting shoulder to shoulder instead of... <laughs> you know, against each other. So it's been really cool that way. I do teach the mentors and that is really, really rewarding for me too, because um, like our personal warrior trainers, many of them are men or young men that have gone through the recovery program. So they know how to apply the principles with pornography and with sexual addiction, but to be able to step back and go, wow, these principles I can use these principles in my relationship with my spouse or with my relationships at work. I can use these principles just across the board. So I, I love being able to, to teach that. That's a really rewarding class for me. Ah, so good. So do they train? Just because I haven't been in the mentor training for so long. Are they actually teaching it as smoke and beers now or is it different? No, I teach that principle, and that principle is new to almost all of our yeah. mentors in training. So what the class often looks like in mentoring is people come and they share their struggles. They share how they're winning their battles, or they'll explain a battle, and then will help them identify, okay, what was the enemy tactic? And if you could replay that, what could you have done differently? And to be able to, as a mentor, to step back and say, okay, so what was the enemy tactic there? And sometimes people will say, well, you know, I was just really angry. Okay, excellent. Yeah, anger is definitely an enemy tactic. So let me ask you another question. In that situation, who did you see as the enemy? because we want to go a little bit deeper because we want them to recognize they weren't seeing straight, right? If they were complaining or comparing or criticizing, they saw the other person as the enemy. And so they can start to recognize smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, like, um, Oh my goodness, Karen, Satan in the past could get me so stirred up about my marriage. And there was so much evidence about why I should never have married this guy. I couldn't fight that battle. Like I was fighting for Satan. I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. And one time I was so caught up in this, this struggle that I couldn't win because I was fighting for the wrong side. And finally the Holy Ghost said, what's the real battle? You can't win if you're fighting for the enemy. So what's the real battle? And I was able to step back and go, okay, the real battle, I'm going to have the spirit. I'll do whatever it takes to have the spirit. And then when I started to fight that battle, all of the anger, all of the smoke that was coming up suddenly cleared. So teaching smoke and mirrors is a really important tool for people to step back and say, oh, okay, I recognize I'm being messed with, right? So if I just step back and do whatever it takes to have the spirit, that'll clear. Which is kind of interesting because Satan will even use pornography as the enemy. He'll hold up that mirror and say, look at pornography, you should fight pornography. Look at anger, you should fight anger. And so people are fighting the wrong battle. Uh, what you mentioned about how this changes the dynamic in families. It just helps us reclaim our power to show up as the individuals God created us to be and to claim that joy and abundance that Christ offers us. If we know what weapons the enemy uses, where he's standing, what that little spidey sense we're getting that something's going on, it's not quite me. Just understanding what that is, it's it's just been such a game changer. 
what are all the ways people can take eternal warriors so you could take eternal warriors if you were youth you could take it in a youth group and then you have this this team you could take eternal warriors just as an individual which is really awesome like if your spouse is, is in men of moroni or your sons in sons of helaman that you can take that and that's really powerful because you get the same language and being able to recognize that everybody is under attack it just looks differently that gives you an incredible amount of empathy for the person in your life that's struggling with these big things but to realize that's that's just what satan's using on them right now but he's using stuff on you too and so is one battle better than the other it's still it's it's the same battle right and so taking it as an individual in support of the person in your life it's really helpful because you can speak their language you understand the terms you understand the chemistry of what's going on in the brain and you're you're focused on your own battle and that helps you just be more supportive instead of seeing them as the enemy right if they could just fix that in them my life would get better you start recognizing oh that's just satan's just using that on them he's using stuff on me and we can come together you could take the class as a family and that can look like a lot of things i've taught lots of different dynamics of families which has been really really fun there was a grandma that called and said hey kim i want to gather my grandchildren and take this class together so i did a class series and it's a series of 12 lessons did a class series with a grandma and her grandchildren in this battle and it was it was really awesome it was really awesome for them to have this language together and this experience together another family that i taught where the matriarch set up the class for all of her married children and their spouses and so we met online and it was all of these married couples and the matriarch and patriarch that met together and uh, learned these things together i've taught just small nuclear families with mom and dad little kids and that's really game changing for them and these principles are long lasting so the family the first family that i taught over 6 years ago 6 and a half years ago it's still very much a part of their language a part of their family culture now that they can support that uh, a family that i taught recently um they had two sons and their father we're all going through the addiction recovery men of moroni and sons of helaman so when i showed up to teach the family the older son was just like yeah i already know this stuff i can just check out and he kind of did check out for a few weeks and then suddenly he woke up and he was like whoa i'm hearing these principles in a different way and he started to recognize that he had a great role to play in his family with his younger siblings that he could now help mentor them through their battles and because he understood the principles deeply he was able to really step into this family role as a leader and it the father stepped in as a real spiritual leader and that was really cool that was really cool to see these young men and the, and the father just step into their role as leaders in their family to to support the wife and the children and that was really exciting really exciting it's it's really exciting teaching families sometimes what happens is the parents will be like children you got to listen to this you know you got to shape up and play right and they the parents are seeing their kids as the enemy and then things start to shift and and clear the smoke clears and to see the family unify through these experiences through the understanding of the principles practicing the principles it's very exciting to see the change that happens just in the, in a matter of of weeks it's really exciting so going through the program you learn to identify the enemy identify the voices in your head and what's going on physiologically so once you start to I recognize that then you get practice you get these 12 weeks of practice of specific tools of how to win the real battle that's so awesome 
What a powerful way to address a problem in your family, to notice who's the real enemy, who are we here to learn about, become like, follow, and serve, right? Jesus Christ, who championed the cause of our agency, our ability to choose, and the adversary has kind of stolen our ability to really know what we're choosing here. So once we can really see the real enemy, we can really start choosing like the kind of people we came here to be. So powerful, Kim. So much of what you've said is obvious, like, well, this is why you should take this class. But when you bring it right back down to just personal, if someone were to say to you, I'm just gonna, let's just go back to before you knew this. We'll take all that, all that out of your life. What would that look like today? Because it's been this many years and your kids got that big. So if I were to take away everything that I know from Eternal Warriors, what would my life look like? Oh, I would be so miserable. <laughs> I, would be, I would be marinating in the same negative feelings that I did for years. Anger, shame, regret, blame, super critical, complaining. Oh, it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. I think I would still feel like the victim, that I was the victim and nobody cared and I was all alone and I missed out and all these people around me are just here to make me miserable. If they would change, then my life would be better. But just your influence that you've had in your own home for your own life and the power to influence your own marriage should be something different. What's your marriage like today? My marriage today is great. And again, I, I told you, my marriage is like a barometer. How connected am I? Am I'm feeling with Heavenly Father uh, that really shows up. If I start seeing my husband as the enemy, then that's a barometer saying, hey, you got to get things right with the real relationship going on with heaven. And now our marriage is great. Our marriage is great. We both continue to do our own personal goals because it's a goal-based program. We're always working on our goals. We're so much more compassionate with each other instead of seeing each other as the enemy. And... I don't even think I can describe it adequately enough to say how much we've changed because we've both fundamentally changed. Mm. And it's more than that, right? It's uh, my relationship with Heavenly Father has really deepened. My ability to pray and to really connect with heaven, wow, that's, that's really improved tremendously. Like, it's really cool. I love spend time in prayer and it's no longer just a wish list right just giving heavenly father a shopping list of what i want and what i need and, and a wringing my hands over could i possibly have this too it's it's so changed it is joyful for me yeah so if people want to know more about taking a family class from you doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring with you or being one person taking the class with a bunch of other participants in a class, how would they find more information? They can find me at eternalwarriorstraining.org or you could email me at eternalfamilywarriors at gmail.com. And if, if this is something that's piqued your interest, I would love to meet with you as a complimentary one-on-one, uh, -on -one, share some principles, you can ask lots of questions, and then you could find out if this would be a good fit for you, a good fit for your family, a good fit for even as a couple. Mm -hmm. oh, so good. Well, Kim, I just adore you. I, want, I just think you're so wonderful, and I'm so glad that you are someone who's training people to go out and teach this because you have a lot of personal experience an evidence of how it's changed your life, but you also have a gift for teaching and a gift for teaching it in a way where people just get it. They understand, oh, like I can apply that right where I live. 
it's not over there about something my son does or my husband does. It's just right where I live, right here where my dishes are and my laundry is and my carpool is and my I'm trying to lose weight is all that. It's right here where my family is. The things I care most about, that's right where this is. And so I just, I love you and I love what you do. Thank you so much for your service to everybody this podcast. Thanks, Kim. Karen, thank you so much. This has been super fun to talk to you about it. You know, I start thinking, well, everybody knows this. This is one of Satan's tactics on me. Everybody knows these principles. You should just stop teaching because everybody knows this. Oh, yeah. Of course he would tell you that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He would tell you that because he thinks if everybody can hear Kim teach this, then I'm going to be in trouble. Oh, well, I, I really, I thank you for letting me step back and think, wow, what did my life look like before? It was messy. It was just messy.